Hi, I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans, coming to you weekly from New Orleans. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình phát hành về cộng đồng Việt Nam ở New Orleans từ thành phố New Orleans mỗi tuần. Today on the show, we'll have a conversation with our guests, Huang Nguyễn, PhD candidate in anthropology at the University of Toronto, Canada. We also welcome back previous guest and friend of Vietnola, Daniel Nguyen, the environmental justice and workforce development coordinator at Mary Queen of Vietnam, CDC. Huang is a Vietnamese national studying the patterns of migration, settlement, and belonging of Vietnamese Americans in New Orleans, on which he is preparing his dissertation. Within Vietnamese scholarship, Huang's work is one of the first to explore an overseas Vietnamese community. Huang has published on a variety of topics concerning Vietnamese culture, including the phenomenon of culture in times of disaster and hazards, ethnic minorities in Vietnam, and collective action in urban Vietnam. Daniel, Vietnamese-American transplant from California, moved to New Orleans four years ago and started working with Mary Queen of Vietnam's CDC almost immediately. Daniel has helped scores of people navigate the BP claims process. Working directly with community members at a post-BP spill forum, he served as, as a lead of developing an aquaponics project that would be able to harmoniously combine raising fish and growing produce in the backyards of recently unemployed fish, Vietnamese fisher people of New Orleans East. Welcome, Daniel, and welcome, Huang. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming back, Daniel. You're always you're always a team player on Vietnam, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for having <laughs> me back. Um, the two of you actually met working together. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, we met. Uh, the first time we met was in uh, 2010, mm -hmm. when the first time I visited New Orleans in the summer. Mm -hmm. And what were you guys doing? At that time, there was a um, BP oil spill that happened in April 2010, and uh, that time it was summertime in my um, PhD program so I went to visit New Orleans as a volunteer and I volunteered for the MQVN CDC the com Community co Development Corporation mm -hmm. and at that time Daniel was also a volunteer at that corporation and we met each other there so Dan did you come here did you come to the CDC volunteering through this project or were you there for previous prior for other reasons? Um, I was actually at in New Orleans at that time working as a busboy for John Besh. And then... And uh, you left that glamorous... Yeah. <laughs> that glamorous lifestyle. Yeah, that glamorous lifestyle. <laughs> um, so I actually had a friend that worked for the CDC that called me one night and said, hey, um, the oil spill, we need interpreters. Uh, would you be willing to volunteer? So, you know, if I worked night shifts, then I volunteered during the day. If I worked morning shifts, I volunteered in the afternoon kind of thing. And that's where the two of you met and are inseparable in Vietnam and uh, the United States ever since, huh? I guess you could say that. <laughs> yes, so. One is tour guide at any given moment, it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about, it sounds like you came here with the disasters, and it sounds like, Huang, you published on this topic and about uh, hazards and how Vietnamese Americans are adapting to that and the New Orleans community in, in particular. Um, could you tell us a little more about those publications and that work you're doing? Yeah, um, actually, um, I am interested in that topic since I was in uh, Vietnam after I finished my program in the Netherlands. And at that time, I heard about Hurricane Katrina mm -hmm. and that hit um, very strong New Orleans and affected the life of the Leonian, New Orleans people. And uh, I follow the news and explore that um, the people, Vietnamese people who live in New Orleans East uh, have been considered as the quick 
recovery community in New Orleans. That's why I uh, want to um, pursue that uh, interest, and uh, that's why I apply for a PhD program in University of Toronto. And uh, yeah, did you were you familiar that there was a Vietnamese community in New Orleans before Hurricane Katrina? No, I haven't. I did. I didn't really? know anything about Vietnamese community in New Orleans. So in Vietnam, do people know that of the community set like the kind of the focal points of Vietnamese Americans all over the United States? Are are people familiar that there's a Vietnamese community, for instance, here and in Boston and in California? I think in Vietnam we don't have a map of Vietnamese Americans in the United States mm-hmm. as a whole. So, but we just know that there there is a large community in California, mm-hmm. in Virginia. In uh, in uh, Houston, Virginia, really? Yeah, I think so. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they have Eden no Center. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Eden Center is their like focal talk, their their version of. Oh really? Yeah. How many people are in Virginia? I think there's a good like ten thousand deep. No, really? Yeah. Next time no you go uh, to DC, there's um they have a the metro takes you to Falls East Falls Church, and then the the center is actually really close to there. No way. Yeah. Interesting. So there, it sounds like there's some familiarity. Yeah, but there's no information about Vietnamese community in New Orleans. So. Oh, really? Yes. Myself, growing up in California, I knew there was a community in New Orleans East. Of course, the entire country knew more. The entire world knew more about it after Katrina because the community was quite um, famous for rebuilding with before federal funds were available. And... Um, before insurance proceeds paid people's houses out uh, for the for the destruction, but I I was familiar it existed because of the fishing community. Is that a community that you've been working with since you've been here? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm working with uh, the Vietnamese community in New Orleans East. Mm-hmm. But your background in Vietnam is is academic, right? In mm-hmm. Do you work with fishing communities in Vietnam? No, I don't. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's a bit of a culture experience on. Yes, many I think so. Levels. Yeah, but I think in for nowadays in Versailles there are less fishermen than in the past twenty years mm-hmm. because people now have switched to other land occupation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how? D- what is your experience working with fisher people? I think that um, the Vietnamese f- fishermen they know a lot about the techniques. Um, to do fishing techniques, mm-hmm. and uh, I th- I know that a lot of them didn't didn't know fishing technique before arriving in the United States. Oh, really? Yes, I know, because at that time they they were very young. They were only fifteen years old or even younger. Mm-hmm. So they only after they moved to the United States and settled down in New Orleans or in Texas, they begin to learn about fishing occupation and then start doing it. On their own. On their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of it's people who came to the profession when they came to this country. Yes, indeed. Interesting. I know that you also published some uh, some works on one is entitled "Constructing Civil Society on a De- Demolition Site in Hanoi." What is that about? It was uh, a, my dis- uh, my uh, master's thesis in Amsterdam. I. Um, study the mm, because in Vietnam there is a 
urbanization process mm-hmm. is happening throughout Vietnam. So a lot of um, houses has to be demolished, mm-hmm. and uh, land must be cleared to build roads and infrastructures. Mm-hmm. So pe- a lot of people have lost their land and received a very uh, little amount of compensation money. So mm-hmm. uh, they organize some protest or or collective actions to fight against that project successfully or in my project they partially success success mm-hmm. they are partially successful because um uh, they show to the government what is the error what is the flaw of the project uh-huh. so the government has to accept some of the issue that the people requested you published this you published this work in vietnam in a vietnamese journal yeah i have um, Yeah, and how was it received? It was, I think people received it very well. I mean, in terms of academic people, Uh they received it very well because I included the theory and the ethnography materials. So this is uh, it is acceptable and it is admirable for the people. So my article that was published on the Vietnam Anthropology Review Mm -hmm. and it was selected as one of the five best mm, articles in a year. Mm-hmm. So I was awarded some uh, scholarship within the country. Within the country. So are you familiar that actually this phenomenon is quite similar? What's going on in New Orleans? Um, there's been a lot of development for the way for the development of a new hospital, actually, and a lot of houses were moved, and there was a lot of um, there wasn't mass action, and there wasn't collect, but there was some amount of collective action. So that interesting that you have such a strong interest in New Orleans and in Vietnam and even the topics you study in Vietnam are very relevant here have you have you thought about doing a comparative analysis of that topic here I haven't thought about a comparative perspective but I see some similarity between Vietnamese people in Vietnam and Vietnamese people in New Orleans East mm-hmm. in the event of uh, landfill in mm-hmm. New Orleans East after Katrina mm-hmm. so people in New Orleans East Uh, organized some kind of collective action and mm-hmm. demonstrating demonstration in front of the city hall and in front of the landfill in the east mm-hmm. so successfully, successfully so mm-hmm. yeah. also another reason why i think people in this city f- are n- more aware now than ever of the vietnamese community in the east as opposed to before it was this kind of and still is maybe a, a bit mystical for non-vietnamese new orleanians Um, but I don't think I don't think it's so scary over there. I think it's pretty fun, huh, Daniel? <laughs> really fun. <laughs> How fun is it? Too fun. <laughs> Too fun. <laughs> Says the regular at Nyacha and yeah. karaoke. <laughs> um, I also noticed you do a lot of work on, well, I guess in large part because you're an anthropologist on Zanto or indigenous. I guess not indigenous, but ethnic minorities in Vietnam. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about your work in that um, area? Yeah. Before I begin my study in Toronto, Canada, I worked for two years in the Vietnam Museum of Ethnology. So during that time, I have opportunities to travel to many areas in Vietnam and, and study the people in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So I have some experience of living with them. Do you speak any Hmong or, gosh, what is it, Red Zhao? No, I haven't. Because you, you don't. It's yeah. yeah. It's a completely different language completely altogether. Daniel, did did you get a chance to go to Sapa when you were in Vietnam? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Yeah. It it's it's beautiful, and 
It is the only place where you will have anything below like 90 degrees in the summer in Vietnam. But Daniel has been to Dalat, the center of Vietnam. There, there are also a lot of yeah. mm, ethnic minorities in Dalat as well. Where in? Can you tell us more about the, the uh, in the central highlands? Mm-hmm. There are quite a few ethnic minority groups there, like the Bana, the Ede, mm-hmm. and um, the Raglai. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of minority people living there, and they sh- share some similarity of culture, but mm-hmm. they also have some dis- differences. Mm-hmm. Are they? And where is their ethnic origin? I think Vietnam is a multi-ethnic country, so you cannot see an original true, true. origin of, of of the whole ethnic groups. I but bet <laughs> a lot of people yeah. would disagree with you. A lot of king people or people who uh-huh. are maybe look like us yeah. in Vietnam would I disagree with yeah. you. I think that Vietnamese government now they are developing a national narrative mm-hmm. on um, on the ancestor of Vietnamese people in Vietnam. So. Mm, yeah. What is that narrative? It is that um, this is about the, a myth about Hung King. Mm-hmm. About, yeah. So they sing an ochre and Lạc Long Quân. That's the uh, two um, angel. I mean, uh, or ancestors of Vietnamese people. Uh, Lạc Long Quân is a man. Man. His his shape is like a dragon. Mm-hmm. Ochre is like a phoenix. Mm-hmm. So they meet each other and give birth to uh, hundreds of eggs. And from the hundreds of eggs, they uh, um, divide. No, they uh, split up. N- Multiply. No, they open it. I mean, uh, when they uh, hatch, hatch. hatch, hatch into uh, fifty male and fa- ha- and fifty females, mm-hmm. and so they divide it into um, two parts. One part live in the seaside, and mm-hmm. one part they go to the mountainous area. So that became the Vietnamese people who live in the seaside and who live in the not in the mu- mountainous area. Mm-hmm. So that became our national narrative now. So it helped to uh, integrate the 54 ethnic groups together <laughs> to share <laughs> the same origin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, in- that's intriguing. Yeah, but I think uh, people in America, Vietnamese people in the United States also accept that national narrative. Mm-hmm. Because as I, as I attended some ceremonies in New Orleans, I see they also um, worship Hung King. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of Vietnamese Americans who consider them very distinct from Zanto. And that there is this, you know, we we came from the same country, but they came from places before that. But I don't know. I mean, it's always hard to tell as, you know, Vicky what our perception is compared to the perception of people in Vietnam. What about you, Daniel? What is your what is your take on that? Your family's identity with the ethnic minorities in Vietnam. I think it's uh, different, but coexisting. Because mm-hmm. um, I have uh, my father's close classmate in Dalat actually lives in and works in the uh, ethnic minority tribe in Dalat. Um, so we every time we've gone, we've visited uh, the ethnic minority tribes, and I think it's very distinctly different, but. A sort of our harmonious coexistence. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about in a, in a little bit. I want to talk to you about your understanding about the celebration of festivals and fairs in that community. But before that, I'd like to ask you about your Hollywood career. 
I understand oh. <laughs> that <laughs> that you were an extra in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yes, I did. Please <laughs> <laughs> tell this. Tell us how that all happened. Yeah, it happened uh, accidentally because at that, at, on that day I was writing my field note as I was. I just finished my interview with an informant, and Daniel actually he make a he it called was me. You who called him? Yeah, he called you me. You are a ringleader, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. You are a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, he asked me to go to the CDC to the office to meet uh, an, an American guy. So I was curious to see who wanted to meet me. And I went there and see a <laughs> crew of G.I. Joe 2 um, team. So he uh, he was looking for an Asian man to act as a ja ninja. <laughs> yes. So that's why I was in G.I. Joe 2. Did you pose as a ninja? Yes, I, I did. <laughs> you you, you have to ask En Huang what he did for that role. What did you do to your hair? <laughs> and what did you... Oh, he's, um, that guy took me to Hollywood in the film station uh -huh. and then shaped all of my head. Yeah and yeah <laughs> I was bold like a like a monk <laughs> and he dressed me like a ninja and I saw a sword and act in the, in one episode Daniel were you in this were you uh, an extra as well in the movie No they actually took a picture of my hair and they said they're going to send it to the director for consideration uh -huh. um because they were looking for someone to fill the role of ninja and I was like hmm and Wang has kind of close cut hair already, and he's got experience in karate. So oh, nice! And he could always use the extra money. Um, <laughs> As a student, you're exactly. looking out for a, a fellow cash. student. That's yeah. nice. So that was here in New Orleans, or it is in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing experience. So your academic, your academic studies of the New Orleans community led you to stardom. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah. Do you see a future for yourself on the silver screen? Or? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I have to wait for a response from you when you buy the movie or you watch the movie okay. and you give me some recommendation. Maybe you can autograph uh, something yeah. here before you leave. I think he's met Bruce Willis and Dwayne Johnson before <laughs> anyone here has. <laughs> yes, it is. It's pretty cool. Um, so to get back to our segment, Vietiquette, which we have every week in which we explore the quirks and the charm of Vietnamese and Vietnamese American culture and etiquette. I asked you to bring up something that you thought was interesting or, or fun about Vietnamese culture and you brought up the fact that in Zantok, in the ethnic minorities communities, that a lot of the festivals and the fairs occur in the springtime. And Can you explain to us why that happens and maybe tell us, share with us some of those fest like some of the traditions that happen at those festivities. Yeah, I think that uh, in Vietnam because it is a agricultural country country, mm -hmm. so a lot of um, people rely on agricultural season, mm -hmm. and spring was the time that is the time that the winter crop just finished. So they just harvested their crop and they are enjoying and waiting for a new season. So in springtime in uh, throughout Vietnam they have we have a lot of um, festivals and fairs to celebrate the new season mm -hmm. spring and uh, it is also the new year in lunar time for vietnamese people Tết? yeah mm -hmm. and can you describe especially in the zantok uh, festivities some of the things that happen um i think um in for the viet people they uh, uh, viet people is also a, ma a majority group mm -hmm. in vietnam like me i'm mm -hmm. a viet people so uh, in spring, we have ceremony to um, 
in the in the agriculture we uh, thank our village tutelary deity for providing good crops for us mm -hmm. uh, that is a kind of god of the village so every time in the beginning of the year we uh, do some worship to pray for the good crop and they are the people who we pray to and um, at that time after the ceremony uh, people go to have some fun activities and uh, uh, at that time uh, old people and young people join together and uh, do the activities and drink together dance sing songs mm -hmm. throughout the time another example is for a majority group in Vietnam I give an example of the Hmong people who live in North Vietnam in spring they also celebrate the new year uh, during this day they put up a bamboo tree with a round shape at the top male and females stand in the both sides and try to throw bones through the round shape the more bones go through the shape the better crop will be for the village more interestingly young males and females can meet each other during the game and they talk and introduce about themselves these initial relationships may come continue developing after the fair so this is kind of it's a little bit like the american version of the mall where it's an excuse for teenagers to meet up and start dating right yeah um the the crops you're talking about primarily are rice correct Yes, they're mainly like rice. Um, I, I think probably in the mountains, it's still probably very low technology or very traditional technology. Is that correct? Yes. Um, what about the non-Zantok rice agriculture? Is it still pretty traditional? Is everything still kind of hand-planted? And Nowadays, we have a huge fields, mm -hmm. so we have to use tractors to mm -hmm. cultivate it. When I lived there in 2000, it was very much still done by hand. One thing I noticed when I was there is that in every field there was an altar, an incense. And I think it's probably related to what you're talking about, to pray to your ancestors and to the gods to for good, for good, I guess, rain and good um, everything, right? Is that, are, do you still see those altars now, even though it's incredibly modernized in the technology? I, th I, I think they still have it in... And, but I don't think that they put it in the fields like the past, mm -hmm. but uh, they now move it into their house or in the communal house of the village, mm -hmm. so where they have this common God, so they can pray together there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But uh, that kind of practice is still available everywhere in Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And before we finish off, do you want to share with us every anything you're working on, um, publication-wise or projects? Um, right now I'm working on my PhD dissertation. I have um, finished the second draft and um, it is now circulated in within the committee. So oh I'm goodness. waiting for the response from scary professors. Time. Yes. scary time. And what is the topic? I know generally the field, but what is the... Mm, the topic is the... I think it's similar to what I have described. It's about the settlement, the migration and belonging of the Vietnamese Americans in New Orleans. Hmm. But uh, in my dissertation... Just I New Orleans. Just in New Orleans. Okay. But in my dissertation, I will also included a chapter on the transnational relationship between Vietnamese Americans in New Orleans and their hometown in Vietnam. So it will create... Interesting more transnational thesis and daniel do you have anything coming up any schemes that you're playing with <laughs> Huang? 
Not really. I'm actually nothing to be shared on the air is what you're saying. Yeah, that's uh, all covert. <laughs> a lot of traveling together. It sounds like. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Daniel and and Huang, for coming on the show. Thank you for having here. That's Vietnola for today. Thank you so much for joining us at home, at work, on your phone, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And a special thanks to today's guests, Huang Nguyen and Daniel Nguyen. Our show is produced by Kim Vu and Grant Morris. Our technical director is Chris Keogh. Our web guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Swamp Lilies. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One Music Production Software, Studio Live Digital Mixing Consoles, Era Studio Monitors, and much more. Visit www.presonus.com for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at It's New Orleans. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com. Vietnola was recorded today in the lovely city of New Orleans. If you'd like to be a guest on Vietnola, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line. You'll find all our info on the website. Vietnola is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For everyone here at Vietnola, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for our next episode of Vietnola. And until then, I'm Kim Vu. Bye. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.